Man, Jesus is just stripping it right down to the point where he's saying, look, you're doing wrong. You're fornicating in the church. You're cursing in the church. You come in the house of God. You're looking out for yourself. It's kind of scary to have the Lord to reveal himself when he says, I know what you're doing. Hello and welcome to episode three in our series, Revelation Expectations. And I'm Stephanie Wright. And I'm Apostle Charles Wright. And we are of the ministry of Charles George Missions. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're, we're laughing and at the same time smiling because we kind of had a, um, glitch. a glitch here. <laughs> so we finally got that taken care of. But we are on a journey through the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of the Bible. And we are encouraging you to listen to the first podcast to get a good foundation as to where uh, each episode will be going. This is a beautiful book. I am excited about this podcast, YouTube, or however you are receiving this, because it shows Jesus' mercy to us and the unsaved. He prolongs his return because God does not want anyone to be lost. And if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, we are inviting you to ask him into your heart and know him as your Lord and Savior. So where are we going today, Apostle Charles? Which church? Well, today we will continue our journey with episode three, reflecting on the pluses, the minuses of the church of Smyrna that Jesus is speaking to. And there are a total of seven churches, and Smyrna is the second church that we will be looking at. And as we said, there's a foundation to each one of these chapters, and that foundation is, the process is that Jesus identifies himself to the church, who he is, and in each one of the churches, he identifies himself in a different way. He tells them through John, because he tells John to write to these churches and tell them what they did, what they did not do. He gives them a responsibility. He charges them to do something, and he then gives them uh, what the promise is from God if they obey what the charge is. We will also see that there's an adversary in each one of these churches. Each one of these churches also uh, begins saying, I know your works. And you need to go back and listen to chapter two because we go into more on that works aspect. He also says each, cha each church is also told to hear, hear what the spirit says. So in each one of these uh, churches, this is what you will hear uh, Jesus saying. Hmm. So if I can include the fact that you um, mentioned earlier also that not only the promise, but also punishment for not hearing, if I can say that, uh, for not hearing, because if we hear what is communicated, then our communication in return is to do and follow the instructions. Amen. So what, how does Jesus describe himself, Apostle Charles, to the church of Smyrna? Uh, to the church of Smyrna and all of these churches that receive these messages uh, it is understood and believed that everybody, every church knew what the other church was told. OK, so he says here uh, he identifies his church, his, himself to the church of Smyrna as being the first and the last meaning in uh, Revelation reflects upon Ch Revelation chapter one and eight. Nevertheless, to Smyrna, he says, I am the first and the last, which means he is Alpha and Omega and uh meaning he was there before Abraham was. And we know that uh, he also had mentioned to uh, the uh, Pharisees uh, in one of the Gospels that he was before Moses. He is the law that Moses reflected upon, and he is the law. He is everything in between. Alpha, the law and the charges and the responsibilities given to the churches, 
as well as he is the end. He is the one who reflects upon us and he's the one who makes promises of, of rewards and promises of punishment if we don't follow him who knows everything from the beginning to the end. Now, uh, something interesting that I noticed is that in chapter 1, verse 8, and in chapter 2, verse 8, he says, I am the first and the last. And the beginning and, and the, the beginning end. And the, end. Uh, and the alpha and the omega. <laughs> so moving on, we look at what did Jesus say to this church? As we said, he tells all the churches, I know your works. And he says in verse 9 of chapter 2, I know your works and tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So this is a church that we really had difficulty seeing what it is that this church did not do. I did have, I had trouble. Because Jesus is saying he knows their works. It sounds like he knows what they've been through, that they have been going through tribulation and they have been going through uh, trials. And I I don't think Pastor Apostle Charles and I could find where this church was necessarily, uh, other than maybe tolerating the blasphemy that was going on or tolerating people who were not of God. Well, if I can add, throw this in, the reason why we couldn't find anything that Jesus was uh, telling them that they did not do that re that would bring about a bad reputation is because he said, you are rich. And I believe if he, Jesus was telling them that, but, but you are rich, I believe he was saying in a complimentary way, you are rich in faith towards God. You are able to withstand your trials. You are able, able to withstand even those and tolerate those who are considered tares who are in your midst, who are around you. There are people uh, who are in wolf, wolves in sheep clothing, but he's telling them all at the same time, but your faith stands strong. You are not falling apart because of uh, having these other influences in the church that were influencing the weaker vessels. So yeah, I believe Jesus was complimenting this church among as one of the two that he did compliment. But nevertheless, he still requires charges, challenges, and responsibility of obedience. And this church apparently was quite, quite obedient. And that's why we had a difficult time finding anywhere where Jesus was displeased so thoroughly with them as he was with five other churches. But nevertheless, they had a charge. And that charge is read in verse 10. What is the charge that they had that the church of Smyrna had? Well, in brief, he said, he's telling Smyrna, Despite the fact that you have people around you that uh, wolves in sheep clothing, despite the fact that you have uh, those who are bad influence and, uh, and live in a secular life and pretending to be saved and so forth and so on. He says, do not fear these tests. These, these are tests and tribulations. These are trials. He says, don't fear none of those things which you will suffer. You suffer when you're around false people. Amen. He said, don't fear those things and those people who are false and, and are surrounding you. Behold. The devil even will cast some of you in, into prison so that uh, you may be uh, tried and tested. You shall have tribulation. And no, nope, he says 10 days and 10 days compared to eternity is really a very short time of affliction. Uh, we're not those afflictions are not to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in your tribulation. So really, there's a lot of pluses that Jesus gave uh, to this church and charges. He, he, look at the charge of that. Your tribulation is nothing to be compared to 
the glory that shall be revealed in the church of Smyrna. So it's kind of good if we emphasize the activities of the church of Smyrna. And apparently he didn't say that they lost their, left their first love. Apparently they stayed with their first love and it helped to stabilize them and create a foundation in their lives. Amen. So the promise from God to the church of Smyrna, still in verse 10, he says, be thou faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. And then in verse uh, 11b, mm -hmm. he says, he that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. Yeah. And we learn about the second death in Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, Revelation 20, verse 4, chapter 6, verse 14, and 21 and verse 8. And we will go into the second death in more depth when we do come to chapter uh, 20 and 21. And those promises were made because, it, looking again in uh, uh, verse 11, 11 alpha, if I can say it like that, because they had an ear to hear. And all of these good promises uh, be faith, because they were faithful, faithful hearers, if I can say it like that. They were faithful hearers. And he that hath a faithful hearing of the Spirit of God, yes, you're going to have the promises of God also. Amen. Well, let's move on to Pergamos. I think we've got some time to talk about Pergamos. And Jesus' title at the Church of Pergamos was, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. And we have reference to that sharp sword at the end of Revelation as well, when Jesus goes, when we go into battle or when Jesus goes into battle. And then what did Jesus uh, say that this church at Pergamos did? Again, I know thy works, which is what he said to all the churches. I know your works and verse 13, I know your works and you hold fast my name and you have not denied my faith even in those days wherein Antipas, who was a faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwells. So that is what Jesus is saying their works are. They held fast. That kind of stuck with me when I read it, to mm -hmm. hold fast to the name of Jesus, even in the midst of tests and trials. Yeah, um, I would like to go back and reflect on that part where Jesus identifies himself. The things which he says, this is Jesus uh, there talking, he said, uh, in the first verse, the things saith he, meaning Jesus, who has the sharp sword with two edges. Um, oftentimes in my heart, what resonated with me when he referred to those words that come out of his mouth using his tongue, two-edged sword. I always saw it as an Old Testament and the New Testament. And again, reflecting upon the beginning and the end and everything in between. And if I could say this about Antipas, let me give you a background real quick on Antipas. Antipas was a bishop in Pergamum or Pergamus. He was a bishop and he was ordained by John. So yes, definitely pointed out that in the scriptures it said he was a faithful martyr. And if you could say this, he has the reflection of the church of Smyrna. So it's like the spirit of the church of Smyrna was in the heart of Antipas, the bishop of Pergamum. And therefore, because he was keeping the charges of God, he was killed. He was a witness, a faithful witness in Pergamum, but he had there uh, a seat where the devil was sitting and was running some of the show. Okay. And then that we talk about, let's go on to what they did not do. It says in verse 13, 
it, that as far as what per, Pergamus, and sometimes you'll hear uh, Apostle Charles will use a different pronunciation, or I will, and also I'm going to say we don't always agree, which you will pick up on that. But nevertheless, look at um, verse 13. He says, I know your works. You do not dwell. Yes, you, and he says, you did not dwell in God. Mm. You dwelt even where Satan's seat is. Mm -hmm. I have a few things against you going on to verse 14, because you have there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit fornication. And in verse 15, as far as things they did not do, so you have also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. So, Mm. These are the things that Jesus is telling John to say to the church. These are the things I don't like about you because of these false doctrines that you have allowed to be in the church. And uh, Pastor Charles said you got something to add there. Yeah, you remember Balaam and Balak, uh, Balak uh, how that um, false prophets, prophets that are false prophets, uh, you have their dwelling among you who sits in the seat of Salem. Anytime the devil wants to curse the children of God, that is a spirit of Antichrist, if you would. they It's good, again, to dwell in the house of the Lord, but the devil goes to church, too. Everybody knows that. So you got to watch out for this stuff. And um, because that means that the devil has a seat in your house. He has a seat in your church. He's going to invite himself where he's not invited and that you allow. Jesus said, I know your works. You are allowing this devil to be in that church and to be an influence and that you have idols. And he's man. Jesus is just stripping it right down to the point where he's saying, look, you're doing wrong. You're fornicating in the church. You're cursing in the church. You come in the house of God. You're looking out for yourself. You, 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 you're eating uh, idols. You're eating before idols. God is, it's kind of scary to have the Lord to reveal himself when he says, I know what you're doing. I know what you're not doing. <laughs> and, and then the Nicolaitans is here again. Remember, we said earlier that the Nicolaitans were uh, following the teaching of another doctrine that came from a bishop, not a bishop, uh, a, a deacon. Amen. He was ordained to do the work, but he had a certain parameter to work in and he didn't do it. And so he was, and God says, I hate this kind of spirit. I didn't ordain you to try to be something that you're not. I didn't ordain you to be an apostle. I didn't ordain you to be the pastor. My God. Now, I will, if you're faithful, there's a reward for it to grow. So some of us, we just need to pay attention to what Jesus is saying to our hearts. Do we have an ear to hear? And now let's look at the charge, what Jesus is telling them that they must do to uh, deal with these things that are displeasing to him. He says, repent. <laughs> 16 part A, repent. First word. Repent or else I will come unto thee. And there's that word quickly. We said we saw that word quickly in earlier. And we're going to hear that word quickly throughout. I will come quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He says, repent. So that's what they have to do. And that's what we have to do today. We, and, and saved or unsaved, we need to repent. Okay. When, we, when we fall short of the glory of God, fall short of what we're supposed to do. That word repent is so important. Amen. So and then he goes on to say, he that hath an ear again. Right. Yeah. So if he tells you to repent, tells me to repent. Do I have an ear to hear that? Do I have an ear? Do I have a heart to follow his, his charges of my responsibility, the things that I should be doing? And when the Lord reveals it, 
It's for your blessing. It's for your good. And going back to verse 16b, it says, and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. That reference is also going to be found in Revelation chapter 19, verse 15. And we have some absolutely wonderful things to talk about once we get to that chapter about Jesus and the sword and the battle at Armageddon, so forth and so on. And also there's a reference to that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. So that's the punishment. But let's talk about what the promise is. What is the promise from God, Apostle Charles? Well, in uh, verse 17 reflects upon uh, Jesus saying to those of us who overcome, he said, I will give to you uh, to eat of the hidden manna. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll come back there and we'll give to you a white stone and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receives it. So there's a, a, a sanctification here. We see that Jesus is saying, overcome, repent, follow those instructions and responsibilities. Hear, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches and speaking into your heart. And you will overcome. We will overcome. And he will show us hidden manna. In other words, we will increase. You don't have to try to jump over your pastor and your leadership. The Lord is going to promote you because you have a hearing ear. And then your heart is convinced and you eat hidden manna. In other words, there's some hidden meat in the word of God that he'll reveal to you that uh, he won't reveal to other people, but they will see the progress that you're making in Christ because you have an ear to hear. Some people will say, yes, Lord. Others will say, no, Lord. But even though you must overcome and you will eat new manna, that's a reward. That's a promise. You're going to eat new, you're going to see scripture, words in scripture that you have never seen before. You have read it a hundred times. And all of a sudden God says, look at this a little closer, look up deeper, and I'm going to show you deeper meat. And then he says here, I will give you, if you overcome, a white stone. Now in the days of uh, the times this was written in this context of timing and time frame, it was understood among the uh, Jews, especially that if in a court, if in a court and you're being examined and um, you are exonerated from your failure, because why? Because you did repent. You did repent. You do repent. He says that I'm going to give you a white stone. Well, the white stone was uh, evidence that now the judge has said or the, or the jury or whatever has said, you know what? You're doing the right thing. Here, I'm giving you a white stone. You're exonerated from your sins. You're exonerated from not following after Jesus. You're exonerated from eating uh, stuff that you shouldn't eat. And therefore, that on that stone, there's a public evidence. You're free. It's a document, if you would. You're free from the ugly things that could happen instead of the reward. So it's a reward to be exonerated and uh, you'll have a new name that nobody else will know. You'll be so sanctified in Christ that people will not understand you altogether. That would cover the church at Pergamos. So that brings us to the conclusion of episode three. And we thank you for joining us today and have a great day, month, rest of your life. And join us next time as we go into the next church, which is Thyatira. Thyatira. Thank you. See you next time. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast, where all episodes are available by category and series format. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.
www.thepurpleshow.com.